This show is entirely listener supported. That's you. You're listening. If you want to find out how to get bonus episodes, extra episodes, early content, all kinds of stuff, patreon.com slash we have concerns. Fist is bad show, Legion is good show. That's yeah, how this bad. works, and I'm sorry if you feel differently because it, it hurts to be wrong, and I don't want you to be wrong, but you are. Uh, this is We Have Concerns. <laughs> Hi, Jeff Kanata. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. You know, speaking about Legion, as we just were, um, and if you want to hear what we said about Legion, I suggest you go to patreon.com slash wehaveconcerns to get all of our uh, pre-episode yeah. conversations. All of those conversations that you hear us having the end of uh, are available to people that support the show. Uh, Legion is a very creative show. It's a very different show. Mm. Uh, it was a very hard show to get on the air. Whenever, we, whenever I hear about something that's like incredibly creative and I love it so much, part of the story is always the artist struggling mm. to even make the thing. Yeah. Even when it's like a, a somebody at the height of their powers, at the top of their career, sure. they just can't seem to get the dream project made because it's just too weird, right? right. Yeah. Um, and as people who do creative things, I, I would say I do creative things for a living. Yeah. Um, I have satin rooms where I'm explaining- You have a satin room? I have a satin room. <laughs> I have many satin rooms. Oh my God. Yeah. One satin room is not enough? No, not for my creative mind. <laughs> I must work entirely surrounded in satin. Not only must I work entirely surrounded in satin, Jeff, yeah. but I demand to be paid in oh. satin. Oh, only yes. in just reams of satin. Just bolts of satin. My God. Yeah. You are decadent, aren't you? I am extremely decadent, and it's the secret to my creativity, Jeff. <laughs> I, I simply cannot be creative I have in to anything other than satin. Decadence and softness. Not only... I, not silk won't even work, Jeff. No, satin only. Satin only. Uh, my mom used to be a big Moody Blues fan. Oh, and the song "Nights in White Satin," mm -hmm. which is about sexing. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, I genuinely thought it was about knights riding into battle, and their banners were made of white satin. Well, that's what's cool about uh, allegories. And, that's what's uh, cool. and uh, imagery. It's you can you can interpret you can, it multiple ways, even though it's clearly not that. It, well, it's just a it's kid. About it's just kid. Yeah, it's about <laughs> humping. But as a, it's, I just think back and I'm like, as a youth who had no idea what sexual intercourse was, that's adorable. I, I thought like a virgin. That is adorable. I thought like a virgin was about a nun. Yeah, because yeah. that's the only virgin I knew. <laughs> Virgin Mary. Uh, let's talk about creativity. All right. And let's talk about creative ideas. Uh, creative ideas are very often met with uh, obstruction. They're very often yeah. met with like not being you not are, being understood. Right. You are not uh, you're not following the prescribed normal avenue of expression exactly and you would think uh, what i was going to say is we you know you and i have been in these rooms we've sat in these rooms mm -hmm. across the table from people who are who say you guys are creative we love what you do what's your idea yeah tell we us how them, it's exactly the same as something else yeah, we already know we give them three ideas <laughs> they don't understand any of them and they ask us if we'd like to turn our idea into something that already exists but has us in it <laughs> exactly um and there's a reason for this uh it turns out like it is exactly what we think. There was a massive paper done in 2012, mm -hmm. uh, and the author of that paper has recently written a book. Her name is Jennifer Mueller, 
Um, Mueller. The idea is people say that they respect creativity mm-hmm. and they value creativity. Even in jobs, when you ask employers, what do we right. want? We want somebody who can creatively solve problems. Yeah. Here's the problem with that. To solve something means there is a correct answer. <laughs> the only way to judge an answer against other things, the only way to judge an, whether an answer is correct is to judge it against past correct answers. <laughs> right. So when people say they want somebody creative, they want to solve a problem creatively, the problem is yeah. they actually can't. They don't. I think what they they're, won't. What they're actually saying is we want someone to think of the thing that has already worked that we didn't already think of. Yes. We just haven't remembered the thing that we already know works and you didn't tell us the thing that we already know yeah. works that we that has already happened. So be creative in coming up with a thing that we know already works. Yeah. Listen <laughs> to this. Uh, it says a choice can only be correct if it matches a paradigm. Creative ideas by necessity break paradigms. In fact, my colleagues and I have found that people who are motivated to choose a correct solution demonstrate a clear negative but unacknowledged bias against creativity even when they outwardly claim to love and cherish it. This is fascinating to me. I love this story. This is fascinating to me because I think this kind of gets at the heart of what is truly creative. Mm -hmm. Because my question to you is, does the combination of two existing things constitute creativity? Can you take, can you go, (laughs) you know, it's speed meets Groundhog Day. Right. You know, can you, is that, is that a creative act? Are you talking about Edge of Tomorrow? Yes. Edge of Tomorrow is so good. I know. I love that movie, but (laughs) I just pulled that out of my ass. But I'm just saying, like, I think that is sort of the upper limit of what people want, at least certainly in our field. But I think in a lot of other fields where if you're looking for a creative answer, you you want it to be two established things or more. Yeah. You know, even a product, you know, it's. An internet browser and a phone. With a clock radio. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's a TV and a VCR. Right. Uh, but I Kids, think- Kids, ask your parents. <laughs> I think the, the, the true creative mind, the true creative act that, that this article is talking about is something that is born of not just combining existing yeah. paradigms. It's- breaking out and coming up with something completely different. Well, and here is what I think is is interesting. Um, by way of answering that, I think the real job of a creative person, mm. the real job is to take the fucking out there idea yeah, and figure out how to turn it into this beats that. Or figure oh, out m- well, my job. the selling job. Of that's the-, the job of it, right? right? Like if you want to get this thing done, right. like you, how can you imagine... How did uh, uh, so? How did Noah Hawley sell Legion? Right, right. It's successful superhero thing meets something else. Right, probably. Yeah, it's like superheroes meets uh, like Pink Floyd's The Wall. Right, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, right. It's the X Men yeah. and the Wall, or it's this and that. It's the, you know what I mean. You have right. to figure out the two things, or you have to figure out how to take that creative idea. Explain the creative idea the way it is, but then couch it in enough case studies and other numbers and other supporting things to where you can almost take the creative idea that you're selling right. and put it aside 
yeah. and make it about the rest of the presentation. Sure. And that's- this is this is something that I come up against all the time. When I am pitching a show or pitching some sort of project, there's the creative idea for the project. And I try to get it out of the way as quickly as possible. Yeah. And then I go to, here are the other things that I've made. Here are the numbers of followers that I have. Here are the numbers of... Here are the other things that are like this that have done well. Here are the trends that people are searching for right now. Right. Like here, like it's all that, right? How do I take my creative idea and explain it to somebody who is inherently afraid of creativity? That is my job. That's your, that's the job of somebody that wants to be, that to make money being creative. Yeah. And I think, and and I am right there with you, obviously, but I also think that that, is not the creative exercise, right? That is that is doing something in parallel to the creative exercise yes. because you've done something creative and now you have to figure out a way to sell that thing. And yeah. I, and I think that what she's talking about in that article is like, we don't actually value the creative exercise. No. Divorced from the interpretation of it that you're right. talking about. Well, one of the things they talk about in this article is uh, kids in school. We right. want kids to be creative. We want kids to be right. problem solvers. We want them to think for themselves. But, but color most the kids, lines. but most kids who question these sort of things, yeah. or come up with creative ideas, or don't follow the rules entirely, are labeled disruptive early on. Sure. And the problem is what this has led to. What what Mueller and other people are saying is this has led to a society that has a inherent fear of creativity. Hmm. We like being creative. We like having creative outlets, but actually, uh, people under the age of 32. So we're talking about millennials, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, millennials are less likely to start their own business or creative project than any previous generation. That's so including the fifties. That seems completely counterintuitive to me. That's not what I would have expected. Not at all. Because people tend to think like they do have more creative outlets, yeah. But they don't think of those as as the job or what huh. they what they're going to do or the way to succeed. Interesting. Or they want to be creative, but they want to be creative for a company, yeah. That gives them the structure and a job and the things they right. because they have been taught. We have all been taught that pure creativity is disruptive. It is. I think it is. I mean, I was trying to think of an example from a field that is truly creative and not just combining things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that popped into my head, you know, from old art studio classes in college is Marcel Duchamp. Yeah. You know, the guy who created, who, who said art can be ready-mades, you know, and he's like, no, I'm completely redefining what art can be. Yeah. And it is this object in a context you did not expect. Exactly. I put a toilet seat on display in a museum now that is art now yeah. we look at it in a different way and it's like everybody said this guy's a or pop, crazy or, person yeah or pop art or video art or yeah. performance art or right. installation art like anything in the art community even within the scientific community big ideas yeah tend to not get peer reviewed and not get published right even it's if too those, crazy even if those ideas are proven because they're considered too out there right so this is not even in pure creative, this is not even for just people who are in pure artistic quote unquote creative fields. All fields are creative. Sure. We don't even respect creative. We don't even respect thinking outside of the box in fields where 
it's very important to think outside of the box. Right. For for technology, for health, for safety, to yeah. move the human race forward. Right. We just don't recognize it when it's there. We think it's crazy. It's like we're misdefining it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you say, uh, I value creativity, I want someone on my team who's creative. It's like, no, you don't want someone who's creative. You want them to just have ideas that you didn't already have, yeah. but that all also fit into the box of yeah. acceptable ideas. Creativity is not a font choice. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? Right. And I think I've been in I so mean, many jobs. Wingdings though? Wingdings was a pretty creative fucking font. <laughs> I mean, like Wingdings is the Marcel Duchamp of fonts. Wingdings <laughs> is for sure the Marcel Duchamp <laughs> of fonts. If there's one thing you can take away from this show, it is that. Open, that's a bell. <laughs> But I'm using it as a cue. What? Yeah. Too creative. Too creative. Too creative. Well, it's literally too creative. You you typed out the entire quarterly report in <laughs> Wingdings. Nobody can read it. You wanted someone on the team that used creative ideas. And so I decided to Wingdings this motherfucker. I Wingdings I the have quarterly to take, report. Uh, Arnold, I have to take this to the board tomorrow. Yeah. And I don't even know what it says. Just read it. I can't. I can't. I can't read it. It's in Wingding. I can't read it. You can read it. I can't. Bell. Curly Q. Oh, little sh- my little shaggy God. Tail. You're yeah. saying that our return on investment went up 3% over the last quarter. You're welcome. You're welcome. This is going to change everything. And it changed everything. Wingdings ruled the land. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, it's, it's so it's so crazy to have this written down because I think that like just in front of me in a paper or in a book, like because yeah. it's something that I've always felt like I have done so many things where I'm just like, these people want me to come up with ideas. Yeah. My whole job is to come up with ideas. Right. But they don't understand any of the ideas. <laughs> right. But they think they're super creative and they understand all the ideas. Yeah. Well, I mean, and they I just, think the what problem, they really just want me to do is just do this idea over again. Yeah. Well, the problem is when you marry creativity with, with revenue generation, which you have to do, <laughs> you have to if do. you want to be creative. Right. And you don't, you know, and you don't want to. If you also want to push eat. it to the side, you I know. I mean, if you want to eat and be creative, I was. I would say that I was equally creative while I was working four part-time jobs at the same time. But mm-hmm. you know what? I certainly have more time to be creative <laughs> now that I'm doing it as my living. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things where, like, if you rigidly adhere to this system because the system is built to be rigidly adhered to, yeah. you will continue to push your creativity off into a corner. Mm-hmm. And it's just frustrating because even if you get to the level where you are making your living, being creative, mm-hmm. you're still dealing with this system every day. And then of you course, never get to a point where you're not. And what happens is company B goes, we want a wingdings guy. Uh, get us a wingdings guy. We yeah. need the wingdings guy. And then all of a sudden, everything is wingdings. We need wongdongs. Uh, yeah. Arwa, we, know, we're, we, we need creative thinkers need to come wangdangs. up with wongdongs. No, we're not doing wangdangs. <laughs> we're not wangdangs. It doesn't mean what you think it means. Oh, darn it. Wongdongs? Mm. <laughs> doops Yeah. Uh, I think this is interesting, and I wonder, like, I think I, I also do it, though. You do what? You I also try do. try to put things in a box? Yeah. Of course I do. Sure. I 100% That's how we do. interpret stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is, 
really ultimately what you're looking for is a way to contextualize any new bit of information. So you go, okay, well, what is this like? Yeah. Which is what we're built to do. We're classifying machines. Yeah. We're, we're pattern, sense. we're pattern recognition machines. Right. So we're, we're clearly it's, it's all this, like so much stuff is coming at us yeah. all day, every day from all directions. We need to instantly know whether something is good or bad, right. worthwhile or not worthwhile. Yeah. And the problem when you apply that to a creative idea is like, shit, there's no knowing whether applying that is going to work. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's what, where true courage comes in because in order to actually express something creatively, you have to set aside the idea that you could fail because it is, if it's truly creative, it's truly uncharted territory. Right. So you could definitely fail. And that's why all of the platitudes you hear from everybody is like, be willing to fail, be, you know, be willing to, you know, it's, it's not about, it's all about getting up and doing it again. It's about learning from the, it's all failure is a very valuable part of the creative process. No, if I ever fail even once, Jeff, I'm out. Well, you just because you've never experienced failure b- before. Never Anthony, in my life. You don't understand what it even feels like. No, I can't a, even conceptualize There's a it. certain learning process that comes from it. What is learning? Yeah. Hmm. It's a good question. What is a process? Ah, oof. I'll tell you what. I, I'm a straight shooter that goes from his gut. Yeah. I always have and I always will. That's right. All you know how to do is win. All I know how to do is win, Jeff. Mm-hmm. That's all I do. And creatively win. I'm getting sick of all your winning. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. What, what, what it must feel like to lose. Uh, yeah. Sometimes. It's actually just not that bad. It's a good thing sometimes. Mm, yeah. I don't think it's ever going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> not true. Not um, true. <laughs> Yeah, so I think this is interesting, and it's and it's made me think about some stuff that I've had on the back burner lately, or some projects that I've been kind of like working on and trying to pitch and trying to make happen. Hmm. And I'm looking at them and I'm going like, shit, this is not as fun or as creative right. as I as I think I initially thought it was. I think I'm playing it safe, hmm. um, and I think it's interesting that you can you can always fall into this trap, right? And I think the more Actually, I think one of the things that's that's awful is the more things you do that kind of whether they work out or not work out, the more the larger this mental filing cabinet is and the harder it is to do something that is truly creative mm-hmm. or recognize something that is truly creative because the larger your file cabinet of similar things is, yeah. the more things you have to compare to. That's right. That's that 37% rule that we were talking about before. Sure. Where it's like once you have too much data, you paralyze yourself. You paralyze yourself. Yeah. And it's also hard because once your file cabinet gets too big, it really looks terrible in your satin rooms. It's awful. It, and, it and clashes. Let me tell you something about satin filing cabinets. They don't hold any weight. Well, that... Papers go everywhere. <laughs> but you know what? So nicely. They feel, Soft. And they feel so good doing oh, it. On your, you can just oh. roll around on your filing cabinet. Please. Who else gets to roll around on their filing cabinet? Nobody. Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> Like, let us all be more like Garfield. Let us all be more I like. Pitch let an us idea. all hate Mondays <laughs> together. I, an idea to pitch to you: lasagna. It's like, it's like Garfield. See, but but he's also into satin. Super into satin. It's like Garfield meets Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> he hates Mondays because he got shot in the gut. Yeah. 
how do you guys feel about this? Do you do you think that you are too quick to judge creative ideas, whether they're yeah. from yourself or from a friend? Self-judging a creative idea can be like the worst oh, death, the final death. It is. It is. <laughs> I mean, I think that we we often put more impediments on ourselves than other people put on us for sure. Yeah. So are you, are you guys doing that? Are you, do you feel like you're in a place where that happens to you? And how do you mitigate that when it happens to you when you're trying to be creative and people just aren't getting it? I'd, I'd love to hear yeah. what you guys do. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Acarboni. I'm at Jeff Kanata. We also have a Facebook group, which is grow. It's growing. It's growing. It's Every day two I weeks see. old. It's a beautiful new baby. It is. It is. It's a creative endeavor that we've we've come up with. No one has ever thought. No about one it. has ever thought. Our podcast show meets Facebook, Facebook group. Ah. We may be the first group on Facebook. I don't know. I've never looked because Facebook is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But if you are on that garbage like I am, you know, there's be on a, our garbage. Be on our particular garbage. It's facebook.com slash groups slash we have concerns. And hey, do remember that this creative endeavor is entirely supported by you guys. Yeah. Patreon.com slash we have concerns. Uh, you can donate a little or a lot. You can Satin doesn't pay for itself, folks. No, God no. And I'm in a satin jumpsuit right now, and it is one of twenty, and I need thirty-one to not repeat them in a month. <laughs> Patreon.com slash we have concerns. You can get early episodes, bonus episodes, all kinds of wonderful things. Check it out and help support the show. <laughs> <laughs>